0: Therapy. I'm Karen. I'm Bonnie. She's Perky. and this I'm trying. Is, this is COVID year 42. We're back. <laughs> I'm back in the closet sitting, and she is in her house that she just won from winning the Florida lottery. And
1: that's not true. I want to buy a house in London well, by winning a lottery.
0: I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm doing what you like. I'm doing that, the secret crap for you.
1: It's hard. Yeah. I am trying to manifest this house because it's, it's nice and calming. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm all for hard work, but I don't have $3 million. Oh yeah. Anywhere I live from now on,
0: it's just, you know, I don't care if, It's an amazing fixer-upper. Nope. Uh, Give me a manufactured door knob that turns. That's all I want.
1: Um, (laughs) You mean to close the door? (laughs) Or open or whatever. Um, You just want a doorknob? No. Are you lacking doors?
0: No, I'm good here. I'm saying we've been in fixer-upper houses where you turn the doorknob and it just keeps spinning to the right (laughs) or (laughs) you know the the door jams are uneven and you have like this list going in your head even when you're not thinking about it you're thinking about it and
1: it's yeah this is broken this cracked, yeah this needs recalking, all that shit
0: (sighs) um (laughs) all right so deconversion therapy is a podcast we have lots of Followers on Instagram, which we love. Send us memes. We'll post them. We still want to amplify black uh, folks in the arena of agnostic, atheist, deconverted situations. So send us names or accounts for that. <laughs> I like that.
1: Situations.
0: <laughs> all the situations. Uh, then we have Facebook. Our Facebook group, which Bonnie gets in and I do occasionally, we've switched roles with that, and she uh, answers people's lovely memes and weird questions, but mostly the group just functions itself, and people are in there having a good time, no one's argumentative, it's all peaceful and cool and funny. So you can go. It is such a nice community. It really is. I mean, yeah. And right (laughs) now, I'm going, man. I think I've taken it for granted, and then I have to go. What we have a community? I know. I know.
1: I don't think I've. And I still don't know the the technology of it. I'm trying. If I miss something awesome that you say to me, it's because of my lack of understanding of Facebook. Um, The other day I found something that was posted maybe a few days ago and somebody said, well, Bonnie, you know, uh, with disregard for the rules and a smiley face and I'm like – Oh, no. Did I break some kind of a rule of the of our own Facebook group? I don't think so. <laughs> or maybe it was, re, you know, referring to the podcast. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What if they kick us
0: out of the group? <laughs> our own
1: group. <laughs> what could happen? But um, <clears throat> something they were saying yesterday was, do you guys ever get Christian songs stuck in your head and you can't get them out? And I feel lucky because I don't, because I don't remember any of them and I didn't listen that much to start with. Yeah. But um, but then it I I said this random comment back and I feel bad because it wasn't interesting. But I told you about it. When I was on the hold with Apple the other day, they were playing this opera song about um Blessed is the man who loves the Lord. And they played it twice on my hold music. <laughs> And I think that that is just yep, uh, that's overstepping the bounds of church <clears throat> and state and Apple. Well, this the the song in question that hurt me was this. Blessed is the man <laughs> who loves the door, something like that. <laughs> and it was awful.
0: Uh, that's so uh, weird.
1: It was so awful. I was watching a TV show the other night where the guy was talking to a stripper like, where's my smile? And I'm like, okay, you have to pay for a smile jacket.
0: (laughs) You know, that should be across the board for all women, (laughs) stripping or not, pay.
1: We'll give you a smile. So if you recognized that bit, it is from... The show that Pete Holmes created on HBO called *Crashing*, and that's a segue into what we're going to talk about today: his memoir. I want to read it. So how you did should this? Read it. How
0: did this come up? I sent you something, but now I can't you remember. You just
1: sent me uh, a link to his memoir or something like that. Ah, <sighs> I'm wondering. But it's great because. Um, It's called Comedy Sex God, and he's not a comedy sex god. (laughs) It's comedy, comma, sex. Um, But it's amazing. He's got the whole background like we do. And I just love that it's from the point of view of a guy who seems so earnest and sincere He's a tall guy, and he he describes himself as, you know, not athletic. Right. And I think that the guys that we hung out with were kind of more of the athletes, even though they thought they were better athletes than they were.
0: Yeah. I think that that's the kind of thing during our, you know, it was just the zeitgeist of that certain time in that certain area, you know, that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What's his name again? Okay, so Pete Holmes isn't
0: that the name? He's a stand-up
1: comic. What?
0: I thought Pete Holmes was the name of um, the guy. Uh, Don't say it. John
1: Don't John. say it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> say it. The big dick guy in the porn films. No, I knew films. it. That's John. Oh, that's his brother. Um, okay. I think it's
1: John Holmes. I looked him um, no, up. It's-
0: yeah. <clears throat> He looks vaguely familiar.
1: So he's like a happy faced I think he described himself as kind of like a golden retriever type. Yes. um, Type uh, companion person. Um, But just like he just sounds like a nice earnest guy. Yeah. Who's also funny. Right. Um, But funny to me, and I think that this is across the board, comes from somebody who thinks and observes stuff. So that – I think is going to be apparent. And when I give you a bit of a rundown of his memoir. So I'm just going to tell you some of the, some of the bullet points from the memoir. Okay. uh, Of his church upbringing. Mm -hmm. And I've only read half of it because um, I think it's getting ready to turn. I think it's getting ready to take a turn. Yeah. uh, In the memoir. And um, maybe I'll save another half if, if the other half is what, would uh, spark us to talk about something else for a, different, yeah, for, <laughs> for a different episode because there's so much. Let's see. So he starts his memoir talking about how he believed the people in charge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know that you and I were very good children. Yeah. And we believed the people in charge as well. Right. So I immediately was smitten with his <laughs> his uh ability to respect his elders. Yeah. So he he fully talks about believing that the grown-ups were in charge and that they knew more than he did. So he figured that the people in the church could never lead him astray. Gotcha. Which makes sense. Yeah.
0: I mean So totally. um
1: <laughs> So, he t- also talks about the fact that his mom was the one who decided, we're going to go to church.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it wasn't like the whole family was church-oriented and that's what he grew up in. Um, so, so this was a lot of his mom's doing. Right. Um, so... He also said that he believed David Copperfield walked through the Great Wall of China. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but I think it was the late '80s or early '90s. Yeah, he did some illusion, David Copperfield. So, uh, where he he puts this. Platform with some stairs, and they roll it up next to the Great Wall of China. Then, of course, they put sheets up and put a light against it, and they show him pushing on the wall. And it's very stylized. And then he pushes and pushes, and boop, he's walking (laughs) through the wall. And they were monitoring his heart rate. As he it's walked hilarious. through the wall, and then the camera goes above the wall, and all these people go to the other side to see him coming out, and there's the platform again, and he and he pushes through, and ba ba, he has walked through the wall of China. That he was like the David Blaine,
0: or I don't know who else, <laughs> of, David
1: Copperfield
0: <laughs> of the. 80s and he looked ridiculous it was a big show and everyone said his biggest magic trick is that he ended up dating a supermodel claudia schiffer for a long time but (laughs) that is quite a feat it is (laughs) but he was just he's like the elvis of magic yeah
1: (laughs) so uh, so he, I love that he said that he just believed David Copperfield did this because he concentrated and he did it and he was an adult. Yeah. So he just believed what was fed to him. Um, so anyway, I watched that YouTube thing. <laughs> and, and I keep going back to also the whole adult adults are in charge. I keep going back to these moments and realizing – There was a time when I started putting it together that the grownups did not know more than I did. Right. Um, Uh And that book that we love by Tara Schuster, um, Buy Yourself the Fucking Lilies. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she talks in there about that whole concept, and but here's her quote. It says, I never really thought of myself as a child to my parents. I thought of myself more as their disempowered supervisor, a put-upon <laughs> boss in charge of underqualified nepotism hires. <laughs> right. But I don't think you had that experience because your parents were uh, – were just better people than my family as far as um, by-the-book values went. Name. My grandparents right. drank and smoked, so did my mom. My mom was divorced, and so, uh, you know, I think I got wise sooner than you did that
0: these yeah.
1: things that they're doing aren't what I'm told in church to do, and maybe they're not, you know, the best Uh See, and Uh, decision
0: makers. (laughs) And that's really a fascinating concept that people with, quote, solid upbringings, et cetera, stay naive a lot longer. Because, yeah, my family, we've seen that where just a lot more trusting and believing, and, you know, everything's going to work out, and people are good at, you know, At their core and all that. And it takes a (laughs) long time to peel that away or for it to get blasted (laughs) out by the world.
1: Yeah, and I would get little tidbits of it, but I specifically remember when I was 17 and a woman came up to me in church and said something that was wildly inappropriate. And I was thinking even then, like, she shouldn't be saying that to me. That's not... That's not kind. That's not right. Anyway, so so Pete went to church, and it was an evangelical church. And in there, he also talks about getting saved multiple times. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think I mentioned it to you, and I only thought that you could get saved once and baptized once. But he talks about how he never felt secure in his salvation. And you
0: said that it wasn't rededicating your life, though, because I did that a number of times.
1: Yeah, rededicating is one thing, but like you should only have to get baptized once. Totally. And that's the whole,
0: depending on the church, there's the whole thing of apostasy, it, are you once saved, always saved? So a lot of people got back to me when I finally announced I'm I'm done, and <laughs> I'm done with Facebook. I mean God, um, and <laughs> they were like, you know, well, you're still gonna end up in heaven because you got saved. In and double. I'm like,
1: don't say that. You, yeah. <laughs> Well, and other people in our Facebook group talk about that as well, about being saved multiple times. Right. Um, I always just assumed that, okay, I felt that I had invited Christ in my heart, and because I had asked him to come in, he came in, and maybe we just didn't get along as well as the other people (laughs) did, because I never felt that magic excitement that I heard about. He was so shy. <laughs> he, just, he just didn't like me so much. And that's okay. And maybe all the other people, I do remember thinking maybe all these other people just have a lower threshold for excitement because it took more for me. And I crave adventure. And I was like, I'm getting out of this stupid town as soon as I can. And I did leave. But. Anyway, so more about Pete. Um, (laughs) That's when I was She had a
0: stink with a bag on the end, and she just hightailed it out of Florida. Um, There was – that's, you know, the whole thing about – I think I was more, and I still am, an internal striver. So there's always – and there was always the – my mind – And what I was told I would go after hardcore, like, oh, I'm supposed to be rededicating my life because, you know, I had a bad thought about my brother. All right, here I am. And man, I feel it in my heart and my mind. I'm so sorry, God, and, you know, all that type of stuff. But I think I rededicated my life probably twice. And then just to get (laughs) another tear up on you, I (laughs) I that's hard. Dedicated myself to full time Christian
1: service. Service, yeah. Knew that was coming. Mm -hmm. I remember that. That's when you had to sit with the uh, the uh, the boyfriend and his and his Christian service friends, and you couldn't sit with us at the uh, at the restaurant after church.
0: (laughs) I was in the elite. We were full
1: time, Bonnie. Full time. Okay, so his church it was evangelical, and at one point he talks about how they kind of uh, slammed Catholic churches for leaving Jesus on the cross. Yeah, uh, in their um, what do you call that? The crucifix. Yeah, on the crucifix and in their little statues in church. Um, uh, so his church had the cross, not like the Catholic churches, because our Lord had risen, <laughs> and. Yeah. Uh, we so we just had a a tea. Don't so <laughs> you remember them we heard that slam all the time? Oh totally. Like, Our Lord isn't on the cross still. He's and we risen. don't worship
0: Yeah, we don't <laughs> worship saints. The Bible preaches against that. Yeah,
1: all that <laughs> stuff. So yeah. So okay, so he talked about going to Sunday church, some Wednesday group, and then Thursday he had Bible study, and I was like, whoa. Uh-huh. Did he did he beat us with how many days he had things going on, or were we just smarter and we knew how to consolidate everything into Sundays and <laughs> Wednesdays? I think that Thursday Bible study came later,
0: like yeah. after our um, after we did our full time
1: clock in <laughs> with religion, <laughs> right. it, it came later. Yeah, I think he's a bit younger than we are. Um, Okay, so he he talks about just having a curiosity to know what life is all about, and that is what church <laughs> gave to him, because people outside of church wouldn't talk about that with him, but people, the grownups um, outside of church wouldn't, but once you're in church, they start talking about uh, origins and why we're here, and it gives you purpose and meaning and... Right. Uh, so he liked the idea that people in church talked about what the hell is life. And that's that, true. That's, a, yeah, that's true. Because how often do you run into people, you know, in your daily routine where you talk about deep stuff like that? Yeah. Okay. So then here's Here. another topic sex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, he said his church, not his parents, uh, the church was actually where he got the idea that premarital sex was bad. So mm-hmm. his parents were more casual about it. Um, I would I would say that's kind of true for me as well. Um, you know, I I definitely got the message from church, from day school, what have you, that premarital sex was bad, bad, bad. Um, I think that. Only once I started dating did I get that message from my mom. But it's probably just because she didn't want to have the headache of an unwanted pregnancy.
0: (laughs) Right. She's like, I'm raising no kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not raising your stupid (laughs) unwanted (laughs) child. Um, I mean, she was overwhelmed when I broke my arm and she had to wash my hair for me. Right. So, I mean, can you imagine? (laughs) I would have just thrown her. Um, Okay. So then he talks about this time in his youth group meeting. And I think we had something similar to this, but I don't remember it. It's just a vague blur, but he talks about it. And so they're sitting there, you know, and he's sitting next to his friend and they pass out these cards and these cards on there say, they've got like boxes to check. And the question is, what are you willing to do before marriage? And so below that, there's a checklist. Yeah. And it included hand holding, kissing, French kissing, um, touching, uh, fondling. <laughs> and then they had something they called outer course. <laughs> And then um, (laughs) intercourse and oral sex. So all of those were things that you were supposed to choose how much you're willing to do before marriage. So he's just filling it out and he's choosing everything but intercourse. Right. Um, Or he backs it up and, you know, he like stops it just before that. And then he said he said he was sitting next to like his friend who was the youth group dreamboat. <laughs> <laughs> and he cheated and looked at his card. And that guy had checked nothing. So he was wow. like, oh no, if this guy knows what's going on, then I answers.
0: It, yeah, are wrong. yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah. I'm admitting that. Um, I'm willing to do too much. <laughs> he asked for another card. Kids remember in church, none of the pencils had erasers. Right? They were all those short golfer pencils. Right, right. So he had to ask for another card, and he copied his friend's answer. And um, <laughs> um, that but that just makes me crack up because that was so. That was so what we were dealing with all the time. That was constantly the message. Oh, totally. And then they were encouraged to use their cards as bookmarkers in their Bible as a reminder. Uh, I mean,
0: when do we get to sue for (laughs) them messing our minds? I was so, like, felt that constant constant um, shame guilt you know yeah it was constant and it did come from my parents too a lot so yeah I was horrified I thought you know I wouldn't say i looked look down on people who had sex one I was naive I didn't even know people were having sex
1: well just wait his experiences are, are ours <laughs> So there's more. Um he talks about how from then on staying away from sex was the key to goodness. Right. It, it was like the key. Um Yeah, that was the that was what we based everything on. Yeah. Yeah. And don't you think that that's weird if you think about it, if you look at it from this point of view? It's it's odd that a group of kids like that would have a negative as a foundation to why they're all bound together. It's not like, okay, here's what's going to bind us together. We're going to feed people in the community, or we're going to have organizations where we're going to go read to kids, right? or right. do something for, for elderly people. It was a don't culture.
0: Yeah, that's Ugh. very true. So, and I mean, that is one that really binds people together, because you're being personally vulnerable to a group of people. You're Personally letting them know your own stand, what you've done, how much you've done. You know, that's what really (laughs) binds you is that.
1: So, all right. So I like this one. Then he talks about asking a youth group volunteer. That's the key word in this. (laughs) Um, Because his buddies put him up to it. So he decided he would be the one bold enough to ask. If he has masturbated, does that mean he isn't a virgin? <laughs> so the volunteer guy thinks oh my God. and then says, well, technically you are. And so uh. he's then, you know, I, I don't know if in retrospect, but he says he's still angry uh, that the people in church let uneducated volunteers... Tell the kids in the church all of the rules of the universe yeah. like that. Um, right. You know what other what other place do we let uneducated volunteers give you such important information?
0: Uh, the president, um, well, <laughs>
1: but like but teaching yeah. complexities of of spiritual ethics. I think that's how he phrased it.
0: Um, right. Taught by but-
1: guilt-ridden volunteers.
0: Mhm. So, And how many came to talk to us about sex who always were like, you know, <laughs> I regret that I did it. And you're like,
1: damn, but they got to do it. That's exactly what he says. <laughs> it's as though yeah. you read this book. He says that in one part we would all be <laughs> sitting in these, these, these lectures and we're like, oh, sure. They get to have fun and then on the other side of it say, oh, now I'm proud of myself. Yeah. But why didn't I get to do this
0: first? I, right, right. And you're like, hmm, if I do that, I'm going to have a good testimony. Right. <laughs> but at so, the same time, for women, we were horrified at getting pregnant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um and there's there's getting pregnant versus people knowing you're pregnant. Um mm. or no. No, there's, there's like, having the sex versus if you get pregnant, then there's something to deal with that people will see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the only reason I think people were afraid of getting pregnant. Oh, I was just
0: I, – I didn't have sex in high school. I'm fine to say all that. And I, it was mostly because I was horrified about getting pregnant. I mean, yeah. that was always told – to you know, you know, condoms aren't one hundred percent effective, and it and can happen so on the so, first time, right? All that stuff.
1: Yep. So I do love, too, that he has a lot of euphemisms for masturbation. He said <laughs> it made him feel like every time he slipped up and took himself to dinner, <laughs> God was going to cast him into the fiery abyss. Right. Just love took himself to dinner. Oh, he also <laughs> called it liking his own Facebook page. <laughs> but then this one cracked me up, apparently, when they would ask in the – um. in in prayer group or whatever, does anybody have any prayer requests, anything that they need help with? He said each week he would raise his hand and say he needed help with lust.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep. (laughs) yeah, My thought life.
1: My thought life, I know. Yep. My Um, thought
0: life or what was else? uh, (coughs) (laughs) Self-control.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So you'll like this too. So there was a girl who wanted to date him, but she wasn't interested in him. Because he didn't want to have sex. So his (gasps) response when he found out from a friend, he said, oh, well, treasure in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently that's what they would say whenever they were sacrificing anything, any pleasure. That's hilarious. Okay, so that's high school. So then... Uh, then we go to Christian college. He Man, said he almost didn't yeah. go to college because large colleges and bullies and secular people scared him.
0: Yeah, And he absolutely. had low SAT
1: scores.
0: <laughs> he is me. He's absolutely me because that was it. Like – I – no way was I going to go to Florida State, University of Florida, where a lot of people were headed. It was uh-huh. Christian College all the way.
1: Yeah. Um. It was grade 13. Mm-hmm. It was – I mean, for us, it was just so natural. The only exciting part was that we got to live away from home in a dorm.
0: Yeah. Okay. And you and I would um, – get sick together, including the time that we both got so (laughs) ill, vomiting. I counted that I vomited or retched 186 times. (laughs) And I want
1: that on the record. Yeah, that was real fun to be in the same room with, because you couldn't make it to the bathroom every time.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? I just remember we're like, and there were only phones, one phone in the hallway. So I'm sure one of us was like, you you call your, <laughs> your mom and then
1: So so we lived lived in the same town where we went to school, but we lived in the dorms. So your parents came to get you and your dad gave you a shot. But because I wasn't there for that, I had to get the suppository version. (laughs) I remember you telling me. You're like, well, my mom is not
0: a (laughs) medical professional. So guess what he called in for me because
1: he had to call yours in. That's (sighs) thank you. So, um, you know, the funny part of it is when that I, was, that was it, That, that was was the it. Funny part. no, the, the sweet part of it is years later when I moved to New York and I knew one person in New York, um, I got food poisoning and it was like nine o'clock at night. And I, for whatever reason, you and I were talking and you said, my dad said, why don't you go to the hospital now so that you don't end up going at 1 a.m, which was so smart because uh, I got yes. really super crazy sick, had to have IVs, and then the ER wait was long, and man, they dumped me out of the hospital on my own on this <laughs> desolate avenue at 3 a.m. That's and I'm like, just how do spooky. I find a cab? This was before yeah. Uber. <laughs> but
0: that's <laughs> so, I was, so crazy. Like they definitely should have been like, we've got to see that people get in cabs before we <laughs> close. <laughs> you would think these so. Doors. Yeah, we're going to give you two IV sessions, but um, that's so. what you get for living in such a secular town. <laughs> that's right, a
1: city, sin city. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so in college, he discovered uh, performing, and he was in a group that did. Um, uh, these performances with we you know like witnessy kind of material
0: oh god
1: he said it included one one i don't know if they call it a play or just a performance included a woman sitting in a rocking chair singing a lullaby to a fetus in a jar oh my god Yeah, (laughs) I know. So he said this was 19 year olds scaring 12 year olds, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right,
0: you want a jar baby kid?
1: (laughs) So, yeah, don't have an abortion, don't have sex.
0: Worse yet, do you want to be 19 and sit in rocking chairs?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh, then, then apparently somebody gave the example of uh, I don't know what situation this was, whether it was um, him giving it or or some youth minister of some sort giving the example. This will sound familiar. Of if I have sex with this woman and she has sex with that man, that means I've had sex with him. Ugh. The, yeah, the six degrees of separation.
0: So um, on that, I just got a DM today from a listener who wanted to say and share how she has been trying to get better um, sex oh no. talk stuff in her county. And she put out this big, very thorough amazing uh survey for people but she was talking about you know what happened in her church and this will sound familiar oh no i know is let me get to it first of all the people who do their sex education is the crisis pregnancy center (laughs) crisis okay and yep so and then it says uh that some of the responses were that kids, I guess, in the school are made to chew up Oreos and spit them in the bowl, and the next kid is told to eat them. And that's when the teacher says that Oreos are like your soul or body when you have sex. And then you pass (laughs) it on to the next person. I'm like, oh, my God.
1: Why would you do that to delicious cookies? I know. Horrible. (laughs) Oh, my (sighs) God. Okay, so then he was also in an improv group where uh, the rule was if you went too far with your joke and got a little naughty, a little blue, a little dirty, Mm -hmm. the rule was he had to wear a bag over his head. What? As a performer. Yeah, that was just like the the punishment (laughs) of of going too far. (laughs) Okay, so then we get to courting. So he gets this girlfriend, and I think it sounds like it's at the end of college or right after, and they would do these public, or they would do these little um, reenactments of... Uh, of people in Boston who were from a 100 years ago I don't know historical reenactments yeah, anyway yeah. they had they had another friend another couple that they were friends with so it's two sets of couples and they would go to one person's house and drink and then use the excuse of like oh I shouldn't drive home if I've been drinking and then end up sleeping over which was just literally sleeping together right. So you know, he would spoon with his girlfriend, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I think he talks about how long it took him to get up the nerve to kiss her and stuff like that. Um, so then one night, so it was this was just the 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 pattern they would fall asleep together and just snuggle so one day, his girlfriend tells him, "I've got some news to break to you," and it was really serious and The girlfriend tells him that her friend and his friend had actually been having sex. (laughs) So he was upset, felt betrayed by fellow Christians. (laughs) Yeah. And I totally know that feeling. I know. It was like at first you were in this, all right, all for one, solidarity, nothing. And then you find out somebody was, you know, having problems with their christian walk <coughs> and you felt you felt like you had to
0: get in there and be like oh man talk about it a lot <laughs> so talk uh, with everyone <laughs> about what you should do
1: yeah what we should do like how we should somehow get involved in their shit right right um but I think it was cute. He was saying, like, the next day he looked at him and and he was making jokes and they just weren't funny. and
0: <laughs> <laughs> All the so,
1: joy had left. Yeah. yeah. All the joy had gone out of it. So, all right. So on to marriage. Same girl that he had been spooning with. I'm just <laughs> going to give you the brief line that I loved. Here's how he knew he was going to marry the future wife. I'm just going to give you my favorite line. Blowjobs are sex. Sex is for married people. God is watching. Call a caterer. (laughs) He said that's how he knew this was going to be the woman he married. So we
0: know quite a few who married
1: just for sex. (laughs) Um. So he said he didn't even propose or do anything romantically like that. He just went to Chili's with his mom and asked (laughs) for her blessing. so
0: then we'll have the pot stickers (laughs) and a marriage license no he had
1: nachos but anyway (laughs) so he said he and his mom were praying at chili's ignoring the waitress as she tried to drop the check mid-prayer and i'm like oh my god i remember being on both sides of that when you're praying and the waitress comes up And then you feel all smug. And then I remember out in Los Angeles after I'd moved out there, and I was the one walking up and being like, oh, God, they're praying. Oh, Mm -hmm. my gosh. (laughs) Um, So, And uh, if
0: you see their hands, you know, how uh, there's different hands that happen. And when you're in public, you just sort of intertwine your fingers and rest them on the table, you know? Yeah. And (laughs) I think you should have gone up and just placed the check
1: on one of their their hands.
0: hands.
1: (laughs) Hey, hey, here, here, take this. Um, So after his mom and he prayed about it, he called his girlfriend to say his mom thought it was a good idea. So there you go. That was it. All right. But then this is going to touch on exactly what we were talking about when we discussed purity culture. He still felt guilty having sex after he got married. Yeah. Because if somebody pounds it into your head that something is wrong over and over again, it doesn't magically switch to being right overnight. Exactly. Um, And then this is what you had brought up earlier. He talked about uh, he he had watched pornography and maybe did it twice a month but was worried Uh. and would Google things like, pornography addiction
0: i bet around the time he was doing it it was the one where even if you clicked on one thing you'd get a million pop-ups and you'd try and close (laughs) them and you're like Like, "Ah, whack-a-mole that's right now my computer has a
1: virus (laughs) um okay so uh then uh guess what happened his marriage didn't go so well So, yep, his wife was getting distant and he talks about that and how he felt like life was bad and he didn't feel like he was quite alive. And this I love. He said, even my Joel Osteen CDs weren't working. (laughs) 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 Um, So he found out that she cheated on him and he felt like, oh, what's going on? I held up my part of the deal with God. Right. Right. Exactly. Yep. So so they got divorced. So he started doubting God. And he said when he was divorced, he realized there was nobody around him to reflect his beliefs back to him. Uh And he started thinking and realizing that his faith was pretty much a result of where he grew up and when he grew up and who he was born to. Yeah. So he started thinking and doubting it. And then he said, and he was concerned, God was listening to him doubt. Oh, of course. Which is so you and going yeah. to the bathroom.
0: Yeah. it's. Um, you, did you say you had to go to the bathroom?
1: No, it's you oh. when you went to the bathroom <laughs> yeah. when you were a kid. Yeah, it's totally. Oh, no, when you took a shower.
0: All of it. All of it. And I remember when I was going through my doubting phase and I would just pray to God, like, don't let me die and go to hell while I'm <laughs> doing this if you're a loving God. Like, I was so scared because I knew he was listening to all but my But you had asked and- him
1: into your heart, and that's all you had
0: to do. And he just weren't leaving when I was questioning.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, he ordered the book called God Delusion, yeah, the by God Richard Delusion. Dawkins. Yeah, he yeah. said he was terrified that Amazon would accidentally send it to his mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it was such
0: it was you might as well have been ordering the satanic bible. Right. You know, you just felt that yeah.
1: Yeah, so he talked about how it felt like his his faith was something he had inherited. Um Then he starts doing comedy and meets other people who he at one point would have, you know, just dismissed as heathens. Right. And um, so he's talking to some atheist friends who are also comics and asking them, like, why don't we just take these crackers instead of paying for them if God's not watching? And his friends were (laughs) like, well, okay, who's going to tell him? We don't – not – we don't steal or lie. We don't not do that because God's watching, but it's to help one another. I mean, we on this planet, you know, we're all we've got. So he said um, basically they had the same values that he had, but amazingly weren't Christians. Yeah. So, so the summation of the law that he said they, uh, you know, shared with him is just don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's don't be a ship isle totally is. And And um, that like this is the big show. This is not for an eternal reward. You're not being bribed to love your neighbors. And everybody is caught in the same confusing bullshit that we are. Totally. Um, so right. I loved that. Um, then let's see. Oh, the other thing. Eternal life. Okay. When he was a Christian, he said he had an important thing. He was constantly under pressure to sell to people and defend. And mm-hmm. you were nothing – you know, you were if you if you say to somebody like, "Okay, you want to live forever?" Well, where were you before this life? You know, do you remember the Renaissance? No. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, so all of a sudden, you're here. And uh, he he was talking about the concept of nothing, and um, and how people freak out about slipping back into nothing after you die. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, here's this line that I love. For me, newly extracted from the Christian world, DC Talks still on my iPod, (laughs) (laughs) nothing was a welcome change. Up till now, everyone I met not going to church was just another person going to hell. That quiet condemnation took a lot of energy. Um, then he said he was start able to, or he was able to start appreciating people instead of judging them and trying to make them believe like him and uh, and behave like him. So he felt far more Christ-like once he stopped being a Christian.
0: Exactly. I mean that is it all the time, and I know it's frustrating in a way because you know I don't think Christians understand that too much.
1: No. So um, this is his I'm praying for you uh, moment. There was some event at a church when he went back home. So one of the guys who worked for the church, he was a leader of some sort, he said he took his hand and shook his hand and then didn't let go. Yes. (laughs) Yes. This church guy said that he and one of Pete's mutual friends had been talking about him that's always the good introduction to a bad conversation.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, So apparently this friend of Pete's went to the same Christian college and wanted to go into comedy as well. And he was always really funny. And um, this Christian guy shaking his hand who worked at the church said, well, this friend of yours gave up comedy to work in the church. And then the church guy asked Pete, how do you reconcile working in comedy and being a man of faith with all of the language that is used and working in bars and clubs? Yeah. And so Pete <laughs> said, I just lied and said I had a lunch reservation and left. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I And I I was so excited because – I can't remember if I told you, but I met up with some people and we didn't know each other. And we played a game of pub trivia together as a team. And on the final answer, one of the girls googled it, the answer. And I said, "We can't turn that in. You cheated." And she said to me, "You want to win, don't you?" And I just got up and said, "I've got to go home." <laughs> I just left. <laughs> it was so abrupt. We will not I was like be part of uh, yeah i'm like there's not be crumbling yeah y- yeah there was gonna be no conversation about the dynamic or you know the weighing the let's turn this answer in or let's not turn it in because you had to turn it in in like 30 seconds <laughs> so i just <laughs> was like exit bomb. yeah
0: yeah i'm pissed right
1: yeah okay gotta go bye well, that's the
0: thing. When the guy asked him, do you feel comfortable in bars? I mean, the whole thing now, people just get back with, Jesus always went among harlots and sinners.
1: <laughs>
0: harlots? <laughs> yeah.
1: There's so many
0: harlots at the bars.
1: <laughs> um, uh, let's see. So then uh, he talked about, you know, thinking about uh, – being an atheist, and he said uh, living in New York after the divorce was like his own personal rumspringa, mm-hmm. and he would stay out late and drink and eat pizza And he said, little did I know, like, everyone in New York in their 20s uh, parties like a newly divorced Christian going nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Slap on
0: some jacquard noir and get that sushi going. It's like, Uh, this is the life.
1: So, okay, so then his aha moment was when he watched the PBS documentary on Joseph Campbell and the power of myth. Mm -hmm. And Joseph Campbell talks. Yeah, it's. Amazing. And it, he discusses how so many religions have the same myths but with different characters. So you've talked about this before. The virgin birth, the resurrection, um, and then – Sacrificing yourself,
0: you know, yeah. always a, a child born. The Noah's Ark thing. Yeah, yeah, that. Just everything is yeah.
1: Borrowed. So, uh, and I, I watched some of this after I got to that part of his book, and Joseph Campbell explains that the image we have for God and God itself are so not the same thing. They're just metaphors that are used to tell stories about things that are hard for us to figure out with our intellect. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, they can they can give us the image of it, but there really isn't an old man on a cloud looking down at us right um, right That's
0: nowhere. and the same with the devil, like you right, know, right there's now, I mean, that's what the internet's all about. You can look up origin of Satan and find all these scholarly things that say this is why we picture him like this, and this, you know, yeah, it's not from the Bible,
1: yeah, so um. The image wasn't supposed to be taken literally. Uh, His definition of God was coming to terms with our perpetual unknowing. And so, let's see, how did he phrase it? He said, God is a metaphor for a mystery that absolutely transcends all categories of human thought, including being and non-being. And the idea of God can't be pictured. It's just too immense to capture with language. Yeah, so summing it all up, this made me laugh. He says, Barry Taylor, I think I, I think this is a quote from the book, Barry Taylor, the road manager for ACDC, put it this way, God is the name of the blanket. We throw over the mystery to give it a shape. Come on, shouldn't I have heard this in church? Why am I hearing this from the road manager of ACDC? <laughs>
0: it's perfect, though. It's exactly yeah. right. And so, everyone's <laughs> blanket and shape looks different even if they're going to the same
1: church and hearing the same things. Right. But don't you think it's crazy? So that's the end of that part of his memoir. It was just so familiar.
0: Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. It's so refreshing to like hear people. Who've grown up in the same thing. And I know that that's the comments we get all the time is, you know, oh, I love listening to this and other people who grew up with the same shit as, you know, right. I did. Um, but there's so much like guilt and hiding and <laughs> so uh, much I'm, I'm going to disappoint people. And my whole community that I grew up with is going to hear this stuff and come after me or judge me. Yeah, and they
1: do. They do. They do, and it doesn't matter if you're 50 and you run into your Sunday school teacher at Starbucks. Yep. She will still tell you she's going to pray for you.
0: Yeah, or there are definitely people when they're communicating with you that know they're going to push the agenda even further. They're going to you know, to one person, they're just going to say, I'm so glad it was a beautiful day when I was moving new furniture into my house. But to you, they're going (laughs) to say, God really blessed us with a beautiful day, blah, blah, blah. Um, Just to, you know, dig that point in so that you know that God is the one that does all this stuff. I put up a meme about masturbation. (laughs) I steal the memes. I barely make memes, Uh, although I made one the other day that I'll tell you about. But um, that, you know, it doesn't matter about COVID or the Holocaust Once you pick up your dick to masturbate, Jesus's head is in the window. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like, oh, I'm needed here. (laughs) That's the Tap, tap, tap The bat signal, you know (laughs) All the suffering, forget about that Um, No, the meme I made was generally from something my daughter was telling me A friend of hers posted Because COVID is canceling all these summer mission trips Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah I mean, how
0: many kids do that? So get that money it's probably around $1,000, and we want to see what you're going to do with it now. Yeah, Very... spend it on something important. Let's see it. Let's see that you put it towards <laughs> science, Black Lives Matter, send science. it to that village that you don't get to take pictures with the kids. You know, I know. Put your money
1: where <laughs> your faith is. <laughs>
0: By Karen.
1: It's a new pamphlet. By Karen. (laughs) (laughs) So my question of all of this, once you start thinking of the different religions having so many similarities, it makes me think, well, where did evangelicalism latch on to the we're the only way bullshit?
0: Well, I think they
1: all latched on to the we're the only way bullshit. No. No you know, like if Catholics are going to hell because they didn't get baptized, they got sprinkled. Right. Catholics don't look at us that way.
0: I don't know. I think there's some like it, I think it's growing more and more that we're the only way. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think Hmm. that that's going. I remember that my grandfather Uh, We were very close. He was raised Catholic. Um, I'm of Spanish descent. and Like, that's how you're raised. And I talked to him near his death because I was very concerned that he was going to go to hell. Although... Every time this I asked This wasn't recent.
1: Him. Okay. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, what? <laughs> okay.
0: But every time I asked him, you know, are you a Christian? he say, hell yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, that's sort of the answer, <laughs> but with a Spanish accent. So uh, he said that he, you know, loved me and appreciated me, but now near the end, he's renewing his Catholic faith. So I think there is a... Is that like
1: an annual fee? What do you mean renewing his Catholic faith? I He's think going just, back to
0: Catholicism? Yes. Just personally right before his death have the priest in because that was how he was going get into heaven. If mm. he switched up to Baptist, he didn't believe that he would have the same, that he would be going to heaven. So... Right. I think that there is that whole, you know, we're number one thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, at that point, I mean, you're kind of hedging your bets, too. It can't hurt to have everybody on your side. Yeah. It would be good, but, um, (sighs) yeah. So, anyway, all of this makes me think we should talk about Joseph Campbell for another podcast.
0: Yeah. Can we make it funny?
1: Gosh, I would hope. (laughs) I don't know. Can we? (laughs) Have we made anything funny? That's the question. Uh, So I was so excited about this, this Pete book. It was great. You guys Uh, should absolutely read it because I'm just talking about the experiences that we can all share. But his jokes are so good.
0: I mean – it's almost like people should try the free trial and listen to it on Audible at <gasps> audibletrial dot com slash deconversion. Yeah, uh, I would definitely. I want to. Did you read it or listen to it?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm listening to it because he reads it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. And he's a comic, so you know. That changes everything to me is when <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm gonna get it. So, I mean, he's no David Spade, but <laughs> I'll take it.
1: <laughs> but I'll take it. Ah, <sighs> so that was that was the first half of it. I'll let you know how the second half goes. <laughs>
0: and then at the end he comes back around and he's now a comedic preacher. Uber Christian. Yeah, He's got a podcast called Conversion
1: Therapy. All right. But if you've watched Crashing, you will like to see that these nuggets from his real life became the stories for the show. Right. It's also, to me, as a writer, an interesting way to realize, oh, okay, this really didn't happen, but he had to heighten it for TV. Yeah. And, right. you know, you expect that from TV.
0: Thank you for reading out loud. Our next five podcasts will be Bonnie reading it to you. Hey! (laughs) I would be into it. And please send in your funny letters from church or anything that you want to that are similar, and we'll read it on the podcast. We've been getting some great letters. And please review the podcast. Our reviews are slowing down just because... Everyone that likes us is already reviewed, so please get on someone else's email and write
1: another (laughs) one. Thank you. Anything else to say? Nah. All right. Don't be a shit pile and have
0: a great week. Or be one, repent of it, (laughs) become an atheist, write a book, and send it to us. Have a good week.
1: (laughs) Bye. Bye.